Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I am airing my presentation from the False Flags and Conspiracy Theory Conference, the presentation that I did in December of 2021, so about six months ago. And I think it's very powerful and it gets people thinking. So I really wanted to air it. And I talked to James Fetzer and I said, I really want to air this. And he said, go ahead, because it really should only be available for you know people who purchase the access to all the presentations. So I'm airing this today and I want to put a link below so that if you want access to the other presentations, there's many of them. I think there's something like 20 different presentations you can have access to and you have to pay a fee. I don't know exactly how much it is, but it's a, a fee and it goes towards Fetzer's legal fund. So it's a good cause, but there's really good presentations there. And I hope you get something out of this one. It's hard not to. I got a lot out of it when I did some deep research, finding good clips and good information to share with people. This was a labor of love. I spent a lot of time on this and I thought it turned out pretty good. I, I, I really like this uh, presentation. I want to tell you, it does include my little mini documentary that I did. It was like my part one of Mind Wars and PSYOPs. And this really is a part two to, to that. So I aired that first in the presentation. So if you've already seen it, please, you know, slug through it or you, it's about 10 minutes long. You can fast forward and then you can hear the rest of it. But it, there's a lot of information and this is a deep subject. And so I'm just touching the surface, but hopefully I'm giving you something to think about. Also, maybe giving you something to think about so that you aren't sucked into all the psyops that are going around. They are becoming so good at manipulating us and getting us to do things based on our, our emotions and subconscious. So it's really important that we pay attention to what's going on. So before I get into this, please go to my website again at sarahwestall.com. Please support my affiliates. And for all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day when this is airing. So happy Mother's Day. And if you're watching it on Father's Day in about a month, happy Father's Day too, because I don't know when people are going to watch this. Okay, let's get into a so short message about buying gold and silver to protect yourself in these times and my presentation. With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome everyone. I am honored to be speaking at this year's conference of false flags and conspiracies that Jim Fetzer puts on. He always does such a great job at this conference. And so I am honored to be speaking with you tonight or today or whenever this airs. And my topic is a difficult one. It's very broad and I hope I do it justice, but it's been something that's been on my mind a lot. And that's been mind control. All of you, we've all been living through this, this horrible, conspiracy that is playing out with this jab and this depopulation agenda. And what I've been really thinking about is how are they controlling the masses? How are they doing this? We have been through the years, if you follow any of my work, I've been doing a lot on blackmail. You know, blackmail is a currency of the powerful. Uh, we've 
talked about the MK Ultra program, how they break personalities, you know, split personalities. They do that a lot with people who they want to run certain programs, blackmail to run certain programs. They get people who are easily blackmailed or who are psychopaths. I mean, we just simply have a lot of psychopaths running things. But how are they manipulating the masses? And, and so that's what I want to talk about in this. And they have, you know, basic techniques all the way through to pretty advanced techniques that they're using on us. And once you get to the really advanced techniques, it really gets into transhumanism and where it's all going. And you look at this whole agenda and you realize that, you know, tyrants have always, always been about control. How do they control the masses? Empires want to control their populace. Tyrants want to, and dictators want to control everyone around them. And that's the goal of this cult. This cult that we have that's running this world, you know, the global economic forum and these, these people that are working in tandem. And it's very obvious they're working together because the messaging from world leaders, people running different countries are all in tandem and they're all moving in, in lockstep. And it's being controlled from the central banks and global economic forum and the central banks down. Of course, there are other shadow organizations behind that, but they have figured out mind control and mind control of the masses. I did a little mini documentary. It was about 10 minutes long and I, it was part one and I have not gotten to part two of it. And this will be big part of what part two would have been and maybe part three. And so I'm going to play that documentary first. It gives us a foundation of, of this whole uh, topic that I'm going to be talking about. And I'm going to go from there after the video is done. Okay, so here it is. The purpose of this mini documentary series is to inform the audience of the various methods being used to implement agendas and conduct warfare on an unsuspecting people. The technology to control society's behavior is sophisticated and more advanced than the public is aware. Please share this video with others. It is important that people are armed with knowledge so that we can make informed decisions regarding humanity's future. Controlling your thoughts to gain power and influence has been a goal of governments, rulers, and dictators worldwide since the beginning of time. Early writing, temples, and artifacts show that propaganda was widely used by ancient Greece, Egypt, and the Mayans to project strength and power. For example, in 324 BC, Alexander the Great was officially deified so that he could legally repatriate 20,000 Greeks who were in exile. He became the son of Zeus. Now that he was a god, he could override the established laws. Soon his face appeared on coins, replacing that of Hercules, the real mythological son of Zeus. Many statues and monuments were built in his honor. His image was found everywhere in the empire, on pottery, coins, buildings, and art. Alexander was a first recognized account using propaganda to maintain cohesion and control over a vast empire. They realized symbols could serve as a constant reminder of the conquered lands and subjected populations where the center of power resided. It is clear that these strategies have been used widely throughout history. Even in more recent times, we have seen these strategies being implemented. But since then, propaganda has evolved and became more sophisticated. 
A new term called Psychological Operations, or PSYOPs, was introduced by the military in 1917 to describe a focused scientific approach to controlling the outcomes of conflicts, elections, and other agendas by swaying public opinion. But it wasn't until 1952 that the Army had a formal developed capability using psychological operations categorized as unconventional warfare. At this point, PSYOPs were now a formal component of warfare. The military definition states, Psychological warfare is the coordination and use of all means, including moral and physical, by which the end is attained. Other than those of recognized military operations, but including the psychological exploitation of the result of those recognized military operations, which tend to destroy the will of the enemy to achieve victory and to damage his political or economic capacity to do so, which tend to deprive the enemy of the support, assistance, or sympathy of his allies or associates or of neutrals, or to prevent his acquisition of such support, assistance, or sympathy, or which to tend to create, maintain, or increase the will to victory of our own people and allies and to acquire, maintain, or to increase the support, assistance, and sympathy of the neutrals. The military claims that PSYOPs are for warfare, but thanks to whistleblowers, we know that intelligence agencies have been actively using PSYOPs to fix elections, overthrow governments, and blackmail. These techniques have been used for anything from gaining advantages in industries to central banks fixing monetary policy. For example, we know, based on whistleblower testimony, that PSYOPs have been used in Ukraine to fix their national elections, while Twitter and other cyber tools were used to sway public opinion at the same time. In 1980, a leaked military document called From PSYOP to Mine War, The Psychology of Victory, started to circulate throughout the informed public. The report discussed using more sophisticated tools to move from implementing PSYOPs, which are considered only accessories to war, to mind war, which is the main tool used in war. According to the military paper, mind war scenario must be preeminent in the mind of the commander and must be the principal factor in his every field decision. Further, it states, unlike PSYOP, mind war has nothing to do with deception or even with selected and therefore misleading truth. Rather, it states a whole truth. If it does not exist, it will be forced into existence. For the mind to believe its own decisions, it must feel that it made those decisions without coercion. Coercive measures used by the operative consequently must not be detectable by ordinary means. To conclude the research, the paper gives suggestions on how to conduct a successful mind war. There are some purely natural conditions under which minds may become more or less receptive to ideas, and mind war should take full advantage of such phenomena. It continues to list three scientific means of manipulating humans. 1. Atmospheric Electromagnetic Activity Electromagnetic activity or energy is the entire spectrum of light. Examples include visible light, x-rays, microwaves, radio, television signals, and wireless networks such as 4G and 5G. The paper goes on to say that under varying external EM conditions, humans are more or less disposed to consideration of new ideas. Second, it proposes ionization of the air. The report states, the calculation of the ionic balance of a target audience's atmospheric environment will be correspondingly useful. An abundance of negative ions enhances alertness and exhilaration, while an excessive of positive ions enhances drowsiness and depression. 
Negative ions are found in higher concentrations in nature. They, the highest concentrations are found by waterfalls, in forests, mountains, and by the ocean. Whereas positive ions are found in city centers, in closed office spaces, and by any area heavy in electronic devices. Third, it recommends extremely low frequency ELF waves. ELF waves, or electronic magnetic frequency waves that they are proposing, are the ones at the low part of the spectrum, those up to 20 hertz. The report states, infrasound vibration up to 20 hertz can subliminally influence brain activity to align itself to data, theta, alpha, and beta wave patterns, inclining an audience toward everything from alertness to passivity. Infrasound can be used tactically as ELF waves endure for great distances, and it could be used in conjunction with media broadcasts as well. Bottom line, these applications can be used in conjunction with other methods to reprogram societies to follow the agenda without much resistance and, if successfully implemented, people will even embrace the agenda willingly. Author of this report generated in 1980 was Colonel Michael Aquino. He is worth discussing and will be featured more in part two of this series. But here's a brief description of Colonel Michael Aquino. Aquino is one of the most famous Satanists in the United States. He started this Temple of Set, which claims to have the highest number of followers in the Satanic religion. Also, Aquino has been implicated in sworn testimony in most of the highly public satanic abuse cases in the past 40 years, including by Kathy O'Brien, the famous MKUltra mind control victim, Johnny Gosh, the young boy taken from a West Des Moines shopping mall parking lot in Iowa, the Jubilation Daycare Center at Fort Bragg where several children reported being sexually abused, and the famous Franklin Credit Union scandal in Omaha, Nebraska. Despite hundreds of sworn testimonies by victims, nothing ever happened to Aquino. He was acquitted of all charges and protected by a shadowy group with enough power to allow a known child rapist to escape charges. Decades after his initial report, Aquino published a second edition book called Simply Mind War. The book was officially released on July 4, 2016. In this book, he explains in more detail what entails a successful mind war and the array of advanced technology now available to conduct warfare on the mind. Part 2 will explore mind war and its effects on society today. You can find that at sarahwestall.com. And so the, the documentary ends with going into more advanced techniques that are being used on us. And the, the important concept that's brought up in this documentary, in my mind control documentary, is the fact that they've moved from basic psyops or basic propaganda to psyops to mind war. And that means that mind control is the war. And that is the whole focus of what they're doing. They're trying to control the thoughts and minds and desires of the populace instead of going to war. That becomes the war. They're so good at it. They've created an organization within the military that is very sophisticated. It's very structured. And they have techniques that they're using in a very organized fashion. And they have frankly been working on this for 80 years since World War II, since the 1940s, beginning of the 1940s. And they have perfected 
much of this technology. And that's what we're suffering through today. And here's a clip from a West Point presentation from Dr. James Giordano. And he's saying the exact same thing I have been saying in my documentary about the fact that everything's moving towards a mind war, unconventional warfare. And once you understand that this is the paradigm that we're living in right now, you can start to put the pieces together of what we're seeing everywhere. What we're here to talk about today is the fact that the brain is and will be the 21st century battlescape in many ways. End of story. We could stop it there and I could let you go back to your respective units and think about that for a while, but I'm here to tell you absolutely as much as there's a big old Tyrolean nose on this face, that you will encounter some form of neurocognitive science that has been weaponized not only in your military career, but in your personal and professional lives irrespective of whether those two things coincide or not. So the idea of the brain as the battlescape is very important. And more importantly is this other acronym that's up there, which is WMD squared. Please get used to this because this is going to be part of the idea of irregular warfare and ongoing military innovation in your careers. Weapons of mass destruction and disruption. Disruption and influence will be the key to creating peer capabilities and asymmetrical engagements. Let me say it again. It will be the key to creating peer capability and asymmetrical relations and engagements. Furthermore, what becomes critically important for you to understand is that brain science is not just a United States enterprise or effort, nor is it singularly an effort of the United States allies worldwide. Increasingly, it is becoming an international, multinational, global, and independently exercised event and endeavor which increases the capability of the brain sciences to develop not only new theories, but ever more sophisticated tools. So of course there has been studies on how to influence the individual, like MKUltra and different mind techniques and, and uh, magnetic manipulation and waves and frequency. They've, they've worked on that, on the individual breaking their personality, splitting it into two. They've, there's more advance when they're doing social constructs we're going to talk later about. But again, I'm interested in how are they controlling the masses and how are they controlling all the people around us that seem like they are hypnotized. And I'm going to talk about a lot of them really are in a state of hypnosis and groupthink and are fearful. There's a lot of fear here, use of fear and brainwashing and um, social, um, social control and going with the, they know that we're herd animals and going with the herd. And there's so many studies to create fear, to, to shut down your cognitive abilities and to get, um, a person who's not thinking and who's not, um, who's going based on animal instincts to go with the crowd. So even more advanced techniques on, uh, that I'm going to talk about later about how they actually identify parts of your brain and then mess with it. But let's talk about one of the basic things that they do on groups, and that is priming. Priming is also called mass suggestion or even mass hypnosis. The, and the media uses this technique all the time to try to influence your attitude and your behavior. They, the goal is, is if they give you messages all the time to make you think in a certain direction, then that more than likely will get you to have a certain behavior and a trigger that they want you to have. This whole uh, left against right, Republicans against Democrats, that's a, a perfect example. They have the Democrats in a certain way, and all they hear all day long is bad stuff 
about the Republicans. And then that's the other direction. Republicans all day long hear bad stuff about the Democrats. And even the independent media that wants to get above and beyond that find themselves talking in that language and propagating that behavior. And that's, again, groupthink, because more people will listen to them, more people think in that direction, and so then they start talking and thinking in that direction. So that's priming, and that's getting people to have certain attitudes. And you just have to be aware of it, because it's on purpose, and they're doing it to you on purpose. The last thing they want us to do is unite against them on, on this overall agenda that we're dealing with. But researchers and scientists have long known that you can do suggestion and create this mass hypnosis and people don't even think about what they're doing. Um, their actions and their attitudes will just go unconsciously in a certain direction. And you might catch yourself doing this once in a while where you're, you'll, you won't want to criticize somebody that you think is in your group, even though what they're doing is blatantly awful. Let me give you an example. Trump gets a pass. People call it the Hall Pass or whatever you want to call it. Gets a pass for promoting this jab. We all know that the mRNA jab is very, very dangerous, but yet he keeps promoting it. He keeps bragging about it. So, but so many people who are fighting against this are very hesitant to say anything negative about Donald Trump in that, doing that behavior. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. But that's an example of how if someone's in your group, you are afraid to criticize them. And that's a form of priming. And it's a form of hypnosis because everybody's in this group and are afraid to do something that goes against the grain of the group. That's a perfect example. The other thing is that people have a really strong need to belong in a group. The herd mentality is extremely strong. They find different parts of your brain trigger when you, your emotional brain triggers when you will be going against the herd. If you're just doing something independently and it's not against the, the group, then you, there's your emotional part doesn't trigger. It's more your cognitive, your rational part. But as soon as you have to go against the group that you're part of, it brings in this emotional, animalistic that you trigger that you, you, um, very difficult for people to get beyond. And in fact, it's so powerful that people will do really silly things just to stay within a group. And I have a really good video to illustrate this effect. Take a look at this crowded waiting room. These people may appear to be waiting for the eye doctor, but they're actually waiting for the first test subject in our hidden camera experiment. And here she is, right on time for her 12 o'clock appointment. Hi, how are you doing? This woman thinks she's here for a free eye exam. Have you been here before? No, it's my first time. What she doesn't know is that everyone else in this room is working for us. They'll be with you in just a couple minutes. Today, we're running an experiment on social conformity, and the test starts now. Did you hear that? These people sure did. It doesn't take long for our test subject to notice a pattern. Beep means stand up. But why? And if you were in her shoes, what would you do the next time the tone sounds? 
While you might think you make your decisions all on your own, when it comes to peer pressure, all too often, your brain is just following the crowd. It's all around you, every day, an invisible force you're probably not even aware of. It affects what you do, how you think, and who you are. We set up a hidden camera experiment to see if this woman would stand up at the sound of this tone, simply because everyone else is. You might be thinking you'd never go along with this. Or would you? After just three beeps, and without knowing why she's doing it, this woman is now conforming perfectly to the group. But what happens if we take the group away? Elaine, please. Okay, now she's alone. The crowd is gone and nobody is watching her except our hidden cameras. What do you think she'll do? She's now conforming to the rules of the group without them even being there. Now, watch what happens when we introduce another outsider who doesn't know the rules. Have a seat and they'll be out in just a couple minutes. Great, thanks. thanks so much. Think she'll teach the new guy what to do? We kept the cameras rolling as more unsuspecting patients arrived. And slowly but surely, what began as a random rule for this woman has now become the social norm for everyone in this waiting room. Here to explain what's going on in their brains is Jonah Berger of the University of Pennsylvania. This sort of internalized form of herd behavior is part of what we call social learning. Starting at a very early age, when we see members of our group perform a task, our brains literally reward us for following in their footsteps. When I saw everybody stand up, I felt like I needed to join them. Otherwise, I'm like excluded. Once I decided to go with it, then I felt much more comfortable. Conformity is how we become socialized, but it can also cause us to develop bad habits or repeat past wrongs. And it's why even this rebel who wasn't standing for any of this nonsense, eventually joined the ranks. And the only thing more shocking than seeing how easily conformity affects the way you act 
is that similar forces are subconsciously shaping the way you think right now. I really like this video because it not only shows how a group of people can do something really silly because and not even think about it and they take it really seriously, but they they can seed a group because the second group that came in was seated. They they were seated by one person who was already programmed to operate that certain way. And then that programming caused a whole new group of people to do it. And it's it propagated out. And so it's a it's a method. It just shows how strong it is. There's other studies as well. But an experiment is not a public opinion poll. It examines behavior under the pressure of social forces, as the experiment of Solomon Ash reveals. The experiment you'll be taking part in today involves the perception of lengths of lines. As you can see here, I have a number of cards, and on each card there are several lines. Your task is a very simple one. You're to look at the line on the left and determine which of the three lines on the right is equal to it in length. All right, we'll proceed in this order. You'll give your answer. Only one of the people in the group is a real subject, the fifth person with the white t-shirt. The others are confederates of the experimenter and have been told to give wrong answers on some of the trials. The experiment begins uneventfully as subjects give their judgments. Two, 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 three, 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 three. But on the third trial, something happens. Two, two, two. Two. Uh, two. The subject denies the evidence of his own eyes and yields to group influence. One. Ash found subjects went along with the group on 37% of the critical trials. One. But he found through interviews One. that they went along with the group for different reasons. One. One. They must be right. There are four of them and one of me. One. This subject's yielding is based on a distortion of his judgment. He genuinely believes that the group is correct. One. 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 Two. One. Two. 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 I know they're wrong, but why Two. should I make waves? Two. In this case, the subject knows he is right, but goes along to avoid the discomfort of disagreeing Two. with the group. Here, the distortion is at the level of his response. Two. 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 In the previous experiment, Two. the naive subject stood alone against the group. Two. In this variation, Ash gave the naive subject a partner, here seated in the third position, who also gives the correct response. One. One, two, one, two. With a partner, yielding drops to only 5% of the critical trials compared to 37% without a partner. Although subjects report warmth and good feeling toward the partner, they typically deny that he played a role in their own independence. Two. The partnership variation shows that much of the power of the group came not merely from its numbers, but from the unanimity of its opposition. When that unanimity is punctured, the group's power is greatly reduced. Sometimes we go along with a group because what they say convinces us they are right. This is called informational conformity. 
But sometimes we conform because we are apprehensive that the group will disapprove if we are deviant. This is called normative conformity. The strength of the normative factor is shown in another variation carried out by Ash. In this variation, the subject is told that because he had arrived late, he would have to write his answers. Subjects in this private response experiment are exposed to the same amount of misleading information as other subjects, but they are immune from any possible criticism by the group. One. 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 And this enormously reduces the pressure to conform. Conformity drops by two-thirds. Ash's experiment is a classic. It reveals how people will deny what they see and submit to group pressure. It allows us not only to observe conformity, but to study the conditions that increase or reduce its occurrence. So that is very much like what we're dealing with today with, uh, with what the truth is. The difference about today with these vaccines and everything else is that they also are using mental constructs, meaning they're using what you think is right. And then they're getting you to think that this is what's right and then they're propagating this message over and over and over again. They're also instilling fear so people don't have the ability to cognitively think about the facts that are presented to them. And so they just do what they're told. And that's, that's part of the mind control techniques that have been very well studied. Here's another clip from a West Point presentation by Dr. Giordano. And I got to tell you, this one was chilling when I found it because... It explains in a nutshell what is going on in the hospitals when people go in with COVID and how they're treating them wrong and and how it is a method of warfare and it's how effective it is. So just listen to him explain this. But of course, if we spill over the idea of soft weaponology into a hard weaponization, we also see the use of biodata as a viable weapon manipulating biodata so that I can then put into your particular medical records subtle information that may change the disposition of whether you're sick or not, change how you're treated, influence the postures that go to you in terms of insurance, care, viability for military service. By altering that information, by changing those data, by purloining those data, I essentially change the you of you. And I can do that in very subtle and insidious ways. Furthermore, I can do that on a variety of different levels that can affect key individuals, so that in fact your medical record changes to thereby render you incapable or at least invalid to be able to serve in a way you're serving. Or I can do that on a much larger scale, groups, populations. And if I change those data, I change the way you're being regarded and treated. And I can do that in one of two ways. I can do it in such a way that you're gonna be regarded in a negative sense, or I can do that in such a way that I'm gonna treat you incorrectly. If I say, for example, you have a particular allergy or you have particular sensitivities, or you have a particular disorder, you will be treated for that, and that could then harm your health and your stability in both a short wars approach as well as a long wars approach. So this is clearly an illustration of what we're seeing in the hospitals. This presentation happened in 2018, so I really believe it's a precursor to what we're dealing with in the hospitals all, well, all over the world. But in the country, I've done many shows on how people go into the hospital wards, whether they have COVID or not, but they end up getting COVID and then they treat them improperly and then they're dying left and right. You have nurse whistleblowers coming out all over the place saying they're, they're just, we've abandoned all our normal protocols and it's a top down edict on what we need to do 
with these people. And as soon as they go on the ventilators, it's a death sentence. So I believe he is explaining this exact method of war that's being implemented in our hospitals. But there's many other avenues, many other things that they're doing across our society that is aiding this mind war that we're fighting. Some of the other applications that we've seen is the robots that are on social media. Those robots, so many of them, are there just to sway public opinion. You see it on Twitter all the time. You see it on my comments on my show. You, all of us have seen it and just wondering. Some of the comments that are on my show are so off the wall that they, those type of people would never watch my shows. So you know those are robots trying to affect somebody's behavior. DARPA did an extended study of how they can use social media to control the masses. This is what has come out of those studies is, you know, DARPA in the military is how to use social media for these purposes. They use Twitter to overthrow the Ukraine government. Twitter is a CIA tool and has been really well established that that's what they've used it for. They've used social media in other countries as well, but now it's being used against us. And so we get to see it in real time. And it's horrifying. I mean, frankly, it's horrifying to um, work so hard to put out real information, like with the, the jab and the death numbers. The people who follow my work know that I've been working <laughs> since the very beginning. I was one of the first ones um, to even come out with hydroxychloroquine. We came out with it the day that it was on Fox News on Tucker. We came out with it that day as well. We had it before it aired. And... Ever since that point, even before that, I was covering it. But ever since that point, I've just been going crazy trying to talk about the fact that there are treatments and then the cover-up of the treatments and then the death numbers. And then just it's been horrifying watching all this go on. And then it's like a slow-motion train wreck going on. And I'm sure many of you feel that way as well. And so that's why I've been so aware of this mind control and it's horrifying. I see it in my own family. I see it in neighbors. I'm sure all of you do as well. So I'm very interested. What is really causing this? And this is a lot of what's happening. It is the fear factor, the, the mass hypnosis and, you know, the techniques that are behind that and the just using the, the need for people to belong to a group. That's what they're doing. And it's so important that they silence voices like mine and voices like of the other people you're hearing at this conference because we mess up the, those techniques. It's not personal, although it feels personal a lot because it's affecting me personally. It's not personal. They can't afford for our voices to be out there because we mess up their mind control. They need people to willingly inject, get the injection. Who would willingly inject themselves with something that is so harmful? You know, the facts are just, just there. So how do you get somebody to willingly inject themselves and their children? I mean, their children, my God. And, and first you can't have voices like mine out there. The good part is we're winning this war and that's because our voices haven't been completely silenced. They are getting out there. That's why you're seeing millions of people protest in other countries. That's why you're seeing all these mandates being challenged and being struck down because we have been getting out there. Not enough because too many people have been getting this jab and getting the boosters, but we have been getting out there. So 
that's the, the struggle. That's why we say it's a, it's a information war. It's a mind war. It's a war of information and data because it really is. And the problem is they have more power than we have. We have the numbers. So in the long run, we have more power because the numbers give us more power. We just need everybody to unify and work together. And then we have more power than them. And that's what they're scared of because they know how that works. They know how the energy of the masses working together and unifying is more powerful than them because they study energy. They study how, how people working together, how momentum of people work. And they know that if we unite and get together, we're more powerful than them. And that's the other reason they need to create all these divisions that they create. It's part of this mind, mind control is creating all these divisions. So it's another group technique. Okay. The other big thing that they did to control the masses is they removed the Smith-Mutt Act and they passed it. It was bipartisan amendment that they passed in 2012. Obama was the president, but it was a bipartisan amendment in Congress to bypass, actually to neutralize two previous acts, the Smith-Mutt Act of 1948 and the Foreign Relations Authorization Act that was put together or put forward in 1987. And those two acts together made it illegal for the U.S. government to do any propaganda against the citizens of the United States. And essentially, according to the word of the law itself, it says this, this will strike the current ban on domestic dissemination, meaning propaganda. And so they made that legal in 2012. So that's why they can legally do what we're seeing right now. When you turn on CNN or MSNBC, it's it's mind-boggling. It's, it's incredible, the lies that are coming out of their mouth. And I've heard people say that Pravda, which was the media organization of Russia, wasn't as bad as what we have now. What we have now is more controlled and more in unison than what Pravda was in Russia. The scary part is you're seeing these messages being going out to countries all over the world in unison. It's not just the United States. That takes it to a whole nother level. And it just shows that what we're, we're up against here. This is a real, it's a biblical battle. I mean, it really is to get to this level. And it's one that we, we need to win and we need, we need to win for sure because now we're talking about whether they, not only with mind control, they want to take away our free will. They want to take our ability to be able to have conscious, independent thoughts and our ability to to think freely. I mean, our God-given right to be able to have, to think what we want to think and to have free thought and free will. That it's very serious. So the tools have become much more sophisticated over the years and less transparent, meaning you don't know that it's happening. For example, they use directed frequencies, microwave and magnetic stimulation technology, and they can directly affect your brain and your body. And they, they have been studying this for decades and they have mastered it. For example, during the Iraq war, if people remember the fields of Iraqi soldiers who were surrendering, the reason they were surrendering is because they were getting messages put into their brain that there is no hope, you will die and you must surrender. And they kept doing that and doing that, and the Iraqi soldiers surrendered in mass. 
that was mind control technology. It's very well documented. And that was during the Iraqi war in 1990, the early 1990s. That was 30 years ago. So imagine what they have now. Okay, let's talk about some of the HARP studies here. The HARP and military studies figured out which part of your brains are associated with cognitive reasoning and narrative comprehension. And then once they realize what part of your brain is affected by that, then they attempt to impair those sections of your brain through these different frequencies and stimulation you know, technologies. They'll disrupt it either with frequency, make it so that it, it's cognitively impaired, or they'll send other messages into the brain to get you to think differently. And there's many examples of where you'll see a, a lone person doing some kind of nutty behavior that doesn't match, like, like the false flag situations where a person will go in and shoot up a whole group of people. And many times when you look at that person's background, it really looks like they were under some kind of mind control. This is very possible if they were because they can direct those messages to the person. And um, that's the kind of things they can do. There has been uh, villages in Africa where they've tested this out where uh, a village has viciously killed other tribes. And you've seen those, those reports and those were military exercises. They're very well documented and they, they took it too far and caused nor normally peaceful people to viciously attack other tribes. And that was the use of this technology. There were images that were released in 2018. There was a journalist, Curtis Waltman, who was writing to the Washington State Fusion Center. And what he did was a uh, Freedom of Information Act, and he wanted to find out about Antifa and white supremacist groups and what was going on with that. And he ended up getting this file called emfxonhumanbody.zip. And he went in there, you know, .zip is a compression protocol. It was a file. And these are the images that he saw. And when you look at these images, you can see the person here, it just shows when you're directing electronic weapons as frequency and magnetic weapons, microwave weapons, it shows the different things that they can do to people from your hearing to creating different muscle spasms to affecting even your, they can create sexual simulation. They can create a racing heartbeat. They can do all these different things to your body. It's very sophisticated. This is from 1974. So imagine how long they've been working on this. I've done different shows on this. I've done a breakdown. They had different wavelengths. When you look at this other picture and you see the different wavelengths that are on the bottom here, they knew this since the forties. They knew that different, what these different wavelengths do and how it affects you. So for example, uh, the 10 megahertz range, that would be your motor control. Your auxiliary cortex is about 15 hertz. Your visual cortex about 25 hertz. Your thought center about 20 hertz. They knew this stuff back in the 40s. So they've had 80 years to perfect this. Now what they haven't known and what they haven't had is the technology to get it out to the masses. And you look at this technology and how they're beaming things into homes, into groups of people. It sure looks like they could do this with 5G and our Wi-Fi networks. It says mobile phone networks. And I'm telling you, 
with all these networks that are going up, they will be able to do this. There's so much documented evidence that the 5G network systems, the 3G and the 4G could probably do this, but the 5G can do it for certain. It was developed for this function and now they're using it because it also can use for fast networking. I mean, that, it's a great tool. Technology has a light and a dark side and the light side of this technology is we have really fast networking. Well, that's great. We can do great things with that, but it can also do this. And it's very important that we understand what it is that they can do with this technology. Okay, so beyond beaming things into your brain, which they can do, there's a presentation that Dr. Charles Morgan gave in 2018. He's an expert on neurobiology, and he spoke at the West Point Academy about the ability to edit DNA for the purpose of mind control. And they also they can also use it to erase or even change your memory. They're talking about CRISPR technology can be used to kill only certain races of people via DNA editing. You know, the mRNA is also a form of DNA editing, and they're talking about how they can use vaccines for DNA editing. This is an explosive interview or presentation that he gave that people should really um, find. I'll have the link to it below. You should watch this and see where they're heading. They've been working on this for years, decades, and they're to the point now where they're able to edit your DNA for purposes of mind control. And what does that sound like? It sounds like they're trying to take away your free will and have complete control over you as a commodity. Can't see any other reason why DARPA got approval for 500 deep, plain, deep brain implants. I think the next step is going to be a hive, a hive brain. Uh, it's already been done in rats. You can link multiple brains. And as a hive, they solve problems much faster than the individual uh, rat. So that technology is here. I'm, I'm assuming they'll link people who they've given permission, who've given permission to link their brains to have a productive life, live in virtual reality, move robotic things. They can probably problem solve. So I think in the next few years, that's what we'll see is brain-to-brain -brain linking for problem solving to see if it makes it more efficient. Um, but those are a couple of technologies I want to make you aware of. Uh, and then you can run away and think about their more direct applications. I tend to think of things from a medical perspective and from an intelligence and information perspective. Uh, but it's no longer really science fiction, and most of these fields have moved faster uh, than I actually thought in 2010. Now, that, these are the crazy people in our society. Everything's a spectrum. We have people who, are, who just want you to flourish and do the best you can and be free and just want healthy, happy citizens and people of this world. And then you have all the extremes all the way to the, the sociopaths and psychopaths who want to control you. And then you have these occult members who literally want to create hell on earth. They want to have control of your body, your mind, your spirit, and they would like to control it, you on every level to be able to use you as a commodity. That's the most extreme. Technology can be used for any of this and all of this. And that's where we have to really start thinking about the laws that are put in place. When we get into transhumanism, when we're talking about altering the human body to better the human, the human experience, 
I'm going to talk about there is, it's not all bad. Let's think about people who are blind. You can do things so that you can feed the, the image right to the brain so somebody can see. You can do amazing things to help people walk if they can't walk. You can do things like, um, educational experiences. Like if you can beam images into your, a video, like you can see a blind person can see and they know how to directly feed your brain the visual imagery, you can be, have something on Mars and it can be like you're really on Mars experiencing it yourself. It could be a great educational tool. There are so many things. A doctor can do surgery from a distance as if they are actually there. They can feel it. It can feel like it's real. It's hyper-realistic holograms are real. They can do that today. And you know, when they have the sensor technology and then they have all these other things they can do, you can get to the point where you can augment our reality and it can be very beneficial. However, as soon as you start talking about taking away somebody's free will, taking away or trying to control somebody, or if somebody's becoming addicted to something, you know, we don't want addictions. Now, if they can be used to help people get over smoking, you know, hypnosis has, is, is a mind control technology and it's been used to help people get past smoking. There are things you can do. We can do things where we can identify who's a psychopath. We know how to do that now. We can look at their brain scans and we can see if somebody's a psychopath or a sociopath and we can say, hey, they aren't qualified to be a leader. They aren't qualified to go into politics. Just like somebody is cognitively impaired and that the 25th Amendment can be used to, to bring get Biden out of office, well, you're pretty cognitively impaired if you're a sociopath or a psychopath. We know if somebody is based on their brain scans. Can we do that? We could. And how think of how much healthier our society would be if we wouldn't let people who are sick. If somebody's cognitively impaired in in their ability, you know, as they get older or if they have a stroke or some kind of brain damage, wouldn't they also be cognitively impaired if they're a sociopath or a psychopath? They're not there to serve the people and they need to be there first to serve the people. So we have, we have solutions to this, but I got to say there's one question that everybody needs to ask on whether technology is good or not. And it's the application of the technology. And I would say, does the tool and more importantly, its application, does it promote autonomy and freedom, health and happiness of an individual or does it promote lack of free will, controlling by others, sickness or death? Those are the two differences. And if, if it doesn't clearly promote somebody's ability to be happier, healthier, and maintain their free will, then that application of the technology should be illegal. If it takes away someone's free will and the ability for somebody to control you, and implement things for nefarious purposes, that, that application, then it should be illegal. So that's where I'm going to end it tonight. I hope I did this topic justice there. This is a topic that they've been studying for decades. There's so much more to learn about this topic. I'm hoping to give you many things to think about and to explore more on your own. I'll have links, um, that I, 
I'll give to Jim that he hopefully he'll be able to publish with this presentation so that you can go learn more things on your own as well. And I also want to remind you to go to my website at sarahwestall.com, sign up for my newsletter, and that's how you'll stay up to date on all my shows, everything that I have going on. Please share my shows, my articles. I write articles. I do shows, but I'm so censored. The only way we're going to get this information out is to share. Very easy. I have share above on every single page. Just please share my stuff and sign up for my newsletter. And I just appreciate all of you that you're in this fight with me, trying to make this world a better place. We are... We are in a fight of our lives here, and I, I know we're going to prevail. I know we're going to win, but we need to stay strong, and we need to know that this will end too. World War II ended. All the massive wars and the bad things throughout history has ended, and things became better, and people grew and learned. Hopefully that when this ends, we can figure out how to make this world a much better place. We can learn more. We can change how we're operating, and we can become a much healthier, happier human race. And thank you so much for it being in this fight with me. And once again, please go to sarahwestall.com and subscribe to my newsletter. And while you're there, please look at my shop with all my affiliates. I have so many great companies up there. I only promote products that I, I 100% believe in and that can help society and so I hope you take a look at those and spend some time seeing the benefits, especially look at controlyourhealth.care. If you buy a foundation pack, you will get a one month membership to Dr. Glidden's health service. And I believe it's the missing key in the medical system, how people can become much healthier and live a much more fulfilling life. So please do that. And also look at the solutions document that I have it's on the front page, a link to it. It's with Dr. Joe Nuzma. It is solutions for not getting sick, but especially for those who have had the jab, how you can keep from getting sick. Because if you get sick, your immune system is really compromised. Also, if you're surrounded with people who are shedding, it helps to keep yourself from getting sick. It's precautionary. And also we're looking very hard at finding the best solutions out there, working with top scientists, to figure out ways to reverse the damage that the mRNA jab has done to your body system. Okay, you guys have an amazing day and have an amazing Christmas and God bless you all.